3: Welcome to the Mayo Mance podcast, I'm David Michael, the editor of My Old Man Said. joining me to discuss Villa's latest end-of-season game against... Crystal Palace, Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace versus Stephen Gerrard's Aston Villa, Mr. Phil Shaw and Mr. Chris Hello, Wood. sir. Welcome. How you doing? Hello. Yep, good. You don't sound very, too chirpy. What's I'm wrong? i fine, thank Did you very you, much. Have you, have you lost your flag like I have? No, I'm a flag wanker <laughs> unlike you. <laughs> Ooh. Well, mine just flew out at uh, the back of my rucksack. Oh, dear. I was it uh,
0: somewhere on the Litchfield road then? Or was it on a canal somewhere?
3: Or maybe in the city centre somewhere. I don't Ooh, know. Dear. Did you get a white flag or a claret one? What one did you get? White one. Yeah, I was in the, white, was, of you get white. Were in the white section. We have the white yeah. flag. Somebody commented <laughs> that it looked like a Ku Klux Klan rally when the Villa put the pictures up before the game. was It these like loads of white hoods on the seats because they're all like triangles. I think that probably says more about them than it does the club. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that's strange comments. Anyway. But it was—I uh, enjoyed it was the. Uh, it was good being a child of the '82 uh, uh, European Cup win. I remember watching that, so you know, there's a little bit of uh, emotion there. But it was kind of a fitting display, which they've never really had. That team, uh, Doug Ellis, kind of banished them to a bloody. St- broom cupboard somewhere and you know we never really got much of a celebration of uh, that achievement and that era uh, more to the point because uh, you know as you saw the players on the pitch they had the Super Cup the league title and the European Cup it, this is you know a prime time Villa team but uh, no it was great Dennis Morton looked like he was uh, having a lot of fun leading the possession was it Colin Gibson who took that penalty into the whole turn. so
0: yeah he got a Ooh, yeah. And buried it. Good finish, course, it good as, finish. Uh, as well.
3: But no, that was good and I just had a feeling this the game would probably not uh, match up to that. Damp uh, squib. We'll get on to, to that. Idea. What did you damped say? Damp squib <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't that bad, wasn't that? But we'll get on to uh, that game as well as go through the latest villain news and the three points. How are you, gents? summer's here I, I went to London for a day and it was uh, scorching and spent the, most of the time on a outside in a restaurant uh, drinking beer and enjoying the summer of a friend from who uh, flew over from America okay.
4: stuff. and I just felt yeah summer's summer's started did you get some raise sure? I did unfortunately uh, I had to spend a couple of days in the, in the company of a lot of farmers um, if you want to google box, <laughs> if you want to a- google balmoral show it's like the largest agriculture event in, in northern ireland and it's it's a big deal over here so i had a stall at it and yeah it was was what, 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 what were you selling to farmers breakdown insurance in case their tractor breaks down or something like that <laughs> is this your life uh, it's it's a it's a facet of my life <laughs> oh, Lord. The Seven Shades of Phil Shaw. <laughs> what was, was your particular... what was your sales
0: pitch? Did you have like a megaphone or a, a
4: line? Well, luckily enough, I had a... a Does a, a your a small... tractor break down every week? Yeah. I, just, I just <laughs> had a small stint inside the Kai costume, which you got a lot of <laughs> photographs and that, but... Hang on a minute, this hang was on a minute. So you, you
3: you're, you're masquerading around this farmer's market as a pantomime cow. Yes. How, how you, know, you know, like the baby comes out of the wound and then you know it goes to nursery and then it goes to primary school and then it goes to you know junior school secondary school blah 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 then it meets the careers uh, advisor at at the for said school and they suggest you know based on what the kid's good at you know this is a potential path you know this is a potential path also the you know the the, the kid has starts to develop interest so there's a possible path that you might be able <laughs> we'll to get gone, so considering this how do how do you get to being a pantomime cow at a farmer's market <laughs> <laughs> how, how does one evolve one doesn't it devolves maybe <laughs> it's pure it's pure regression <laughs> Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh it, we, We'll have to unpack this on on its own show, I think. Yeah. <laughs> pantomime, uh, pantomime special. For sure, the
0: pantomime villain.
3: Yeah, the pantomime cow villain, I think. So if you're out there and, you've, and you're feeling a, a bit down and you're feeling like your life's not going so well in uh, 2022, just cheer yourself up on, with the knowledge that you're not dressing up as a pantomime cow at a farmer's market. Yeah. Sorry, Phil. No, <laughs> That's all accurate. It's, it's valid. Yeah. Well yeah, I'm 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 not this isn't teasing or whatever, I'm just stating facts here. You know, that's that's all I'm You're doing. Just busting
0: your cow's balls.
3: <laughs> I, I don't I'm not gonna ask you, Chris, just in case you've got something that trumps that.
0: Um no, just just, just 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 two boring gigs in comparison. I mean I nearly melted on Saturday night, it was that hot. You shouldn't have wore
3: a pantomime cow, this, suit. This is what happens. Why does everybody who comes on the show wear in their day-to-day work, where's a pantomime care? I think, I think I me, me and Phil Shaw are now
0: kind of getting red flags, David, <laughs> as to why don't you? <laughs>
3: Well, I've uh, got, got my self-respect to, to think to cricket soon, there you <laughs> go, there's a fa- fancy dress, out not we? <laughs> right, let's move on. <laughs> Time for some uh, news. Uh, we can carry on talking about pantomime cows. Here's a pantomime cow battle between, uh, who is it?
0: <laughs> it's Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney, isn't it? It's the, dubbed the, the Wagatha Wagga- the Christie, it's been called.
3: I don't even look at this kind of shit, so I've got no idea what it's about or what's going it's on. It's a load to- of
0: bollocks. Do you want to entertain our uh, Rebecca listen- Vardy? Been selling stories about people, ah, and then she decided she wanted like- to take Colleen Rooney to court, only to realise that she hasn't got a case and is making a complete twat of herself. This is
3: a bit like the the Depp and Amber Heard situation, exactly. as but well.
0: even worse.
3: These things they start off as like these multi million pound lawsuits, uh, and then they just turn out into like TikTok soap operas, basically. Yeah. Which really, you know, it's not doing. The world much good apart from distracting people. From, doing doing uh, the lawyers'
0: bank accounts some good though. Well, oh,
3: yeah, and and her lawyers are atrocious from what I've been uh, watching mm. occasionally. Right, uh, yeah, let's uh, segue away from all that nonsense and let's have some villa news. Right uh, as we just discussed, uh, 40th anniversary of the European Cup. There's a series of things happening, uh, but it was good to see an uh, actual display again before the Palace game was. Uh, I thought it was right on, and fair play for the uh, the big European Cup uh, like in front that. of the whole. I like those sorts that was I think good. Of yeah. course,
0: yep. it's kind of a, a bit uh, yellow wall esque. You know, a bit sort of. Um, Wait, well, it's a bit more European. Yeah, it's a bit more tea yeah
3: and uh, you know this should do a bit more of that. Uh, I think so. That European Cup looked very good. So uh, well done to all involved there. The big news uh, of uh, the last week has been uh, Philippe Cortinho signing for four years on uh, a cut-price deal. At the moment, anyway, mm-hmm. of seventeen point two million. It includes a uh, alleged sell-on clause. Barcelona have a fifty percent. Selling clause, which basically hamstrings us if we're trying to sell him on, and uh, if it all goes tits up, really doesn't it? It's, we it's we won't be making candle. any money out on the on the no. deal, but
0: uh, but then you, sp- you spread out. Was it seventeen point two billion over a four year contract? And actually, in terms of things like financial fair play, etc., it's not too crippling. I wouldn't have said.
3: Do you think we'll get four years out of him? I th- no, I don't know. I think he's the because he's technically he's all about technical. Yeah, he's not you know, a pace technical. player, I suppose. So you could do. He's not. He's not bezing around, running around. He's. It's not as if he's got a big engine or anything like that. You know, I've been watching him like a hawk recently because I'm I'm Team Buendia at the moment. But <laughs> but you see, there's a difference when McGinn gets the ball and. Coutinho gets the ball, the first touch I'm talking about. Yeah, (laughs) you're you're telling me. (laughs) He makes McGinn look very clunky. Well, Coutinho can just, and Buendir as well, it's just you know, being low center of gravity, the way they can turn and you know turn and change direction—it's it's uh, their South
0: American flair, isn't it?
3: It's amazing to watch. But at the end of the day, you still need to have more impact on the game. And unfortunately, Coutinho's uh, last couple of weeks haven't been uh, much to uh, shout out about. But uh, I think to get the maximum out of him and Buendia, you, you need uh, different kind of profile in midfield alongside them. Agreed. The end of season awards—I'm not really bothered about these uh the only one you kind of look out for is the supporters player of the year uh, which is a, a genuine vote. And uh, Matty Cash uh, won that. I mean, I, I can never remember any of these apart from the fact that Stephen Island once won it, which uh, bonkers, right? <laughs> tells, tells you all you need to know about that particular season. Ramsey won uh, Players Player of the Year. That's kind of a safe bet, isn't mm. it? It's like it's a real it's a sign of other players giving uh, a younger player uh, a vote of confidence. And not having to get political, really. Yeah, and he won the young player as well, so he doubled up. Yeah, and uh, Ings won goal of the season for that overhead kick against Newcastle. What do you think's the best goal out of Ings' overhead kick against Newcastle or McGinn's goal against Sheffield Wednesday in the Championship? Oh, McGinn's. McGinn's. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. All right, uh, not much else. So we are coming to the end of the season. Uh, two games left, and the, the only real villain news is we we have people's destinies in in the palm of our hands. In one hand, we have Leeds's destiny. If we beat Burnley, then Leeds have got a real shout of surviving, I think. And we also have Liverpool's destiny in in our hands because they will need us to take something off Manchester City to have any chance of winning the league. <laughs> Good luck with that one. Sorry, (laughs) I think uh, Leeds might have a chance of getting a helping hand from Villa but by the time we get to uh, Sunday uh, I think our generosity would have been spent. Burnley have
0: beaten us (laughs) black and blue and we've limped over the line 1-0. We'll be bumped and bruised and ready to go to the Etihad two days later.
3: There won't be much left of us I'm afraid. Sorry Liverpool. The media uh, angle will be Coutinho Gerrard. Uh, And it's like yeah no it's not going (laughs) to sorry sorry. Right time for Media Muppets Right then Phil, what is dragging in the Media
4: Muppet trough this week? Well I knew there would be a Coutinho overload but the, the local Ooh. the local battery hens have squeezed the last drop out with this one. The headline was Gary Lineker knows Stephen Gerrard's plan for Philip Coutinho at Aston Villa
3: Can I stop you there? Can I
4: stop you there? It's not the same guy is it? No, it's not. All right, carry on. There was a, It just stopped because you can't just sort of kick people when they're down too much. So, it just moved on to the, the next one of the hens. Just moved next cage alone. So, uh, <laughs> according, so I mean, I'm looking at this and I'm going, Gary Lineker. Sorry, I've just had a mental image of a row of uh, hens
3: in the battery, you know, in their battery cages, and a pantomime cow <laughs> slowly walking down them,
0: yeah, just judging gum. them <laughs>
3: with a clipboard. <laughs>
4: <laughs> giving, him, giving him ratings. Anyway, carry on. No, so I'm thinking, Gary Lineker, well, does he now? Does he know the, the plan for Philip Coutinho with Aston Villa? Surely the plan is to get lots of goals and assists and fire Villa to glory. That's the plan for any player. It's not really rocket science. Oh, but no, this this is priceless. This goes back to Villa's single goal away when at Everton on the 22nd of January this year. So this is how many months we're going back. So it all comes from a couple of words from Lineker, but we don't even get to that straight away. A great result for Villa. And you notice a tactical adjustment from Jared Lineker said to Danny Murphy, another Muppet. And there was... (laughs) (laughs) Now,
3: now. Now, now,
4: now. Stand down, pantomime cow. Yeah. Danny Murphy goes, there was talk when Coutinho came in that he may be replacing Buendia, but together they're playing really narrow and close to Watkins. It was really good to watch and it's going to cause teams problems. They're going into the number 10 positions and the Everton midfielders didn't know whether to press, drop off or stay with the defenders. And here's Lineker's bit. This is his plan. It works. It works. That's all Lineker said. He just said, <laughs> it works, it works. And they've managed to get a whole three or four hundred words out of two words from Gary Lineker that he repeated that are four months old. I mean, this is this is Muppet it's, of the Season candidate. This is insanity, isn't it? Yeah. And if you actually read what Danny Murphy said, he's been proved wrong in every bit of it anyway, because Coutinho has come in and replaced Buendia. Yeah, pretty much. And that Everton midfield, don't know whether to press, drop off or stay with defenders. Well, that was against any team. It wasn't just against Villa. So disastrous. <laughs> what an entry.
3: Right. On to the three points. The Queen's Speech uh, committed to, uh, it was actually uh, Prince Charles that read this out, uh, commits to a new independent regulator of English football. This uh, was a recommendation, the fan-led review of uh, football governance, which uh, you would have heard about on the show and uh, online. The independent regulator of English football is something that uh, Mr. Christian Perslow opposes because uh, essentially he sees it as a, a layer of bureaucracy and surely the people that should run football are the ones that run it day to day and uh, i've said a couple of times so in the meeting well look how good that's panned out for us and i think it's about getting the right kind of person uh, i mean he's as he says his point of view and you know completely valid is you know you shouldn't have politicians in uh, running football but i I don't think it will be a politician. Uh, I mean, it's going to be somebody or or whether it's a a body or or whatever that's set up. But I understand his grievances. But at the same time, I think there needs to be a power outside of football because the FA and UEFA and the Premier League have have made a pig's ass of... uh, I mean, as I said to christian purslow i said look you, you know we're in a situation where clubs are going out of business where there's no level playing fields uh, within the premier league and this has all manifested itself because the governing bodies uh, haven't really been fit for purpose in terms of guarding the game so uh, we shall see uh, what happens there but this is something the football supporters association have uh, pushed uh, Continually uh, with the government as well, and they want them to uh, move fast on this because they're expecting the white paper on this in the summer. And then you know, there's there's the issues that it could be kicked into the long grass, and then you're looking, uh, you know, at 2024. But at the same time, you you know, if you uh, you, you want to move fast, but also you want to get it right because uh, I think what uh, Perslow says is is valid. because you, you don't want just some uh, pointless bureaucracy. Uh, something uh, the Premier League. Uh, kind of dropped a ball on was uh, the old uh, Sovereign Fund taking over Newcastle, uh, point number two. And this is like almost flaunting it in the, the rest of the Football League's face, is it not? The Premier League's well, it's face? It's yeah, a really hefty all the slice clubs. of
0: trolling, isn't
3: it? Yeah, where Newcastle's third kit uh, is essentially the Saudi Arabia international kit. With white with a green trim. And I uh, mentioned Perslow there. He spent uh, the start of the uh, fan consultation group meeting, you know, talking about he, how he couldn't believe how the Premier League just uh, put out that statement saying, uh, oh, no, no, this, you know, we're, we're perfectly happy that there's no connection between the sovereign fund and uh, Saudi Arabia as a, as a government. And, you know, there's nothing, you know, connected to this, uh, to the club. He was basically saying he couldn't understand how the Premier League just. Uh, Put out a statement, and they were all okay with it. When it's blatantly uh, part of the sovereign fund of that country, is it not? It's just bonkers. And the fact they're paying out a kit was is just to basically rub everybody's noses in it. Yep, they just look. We can get away with whatever we want. But you know, obviously Newcastle fans take siege mentality to this, and obviously going to you know fight back
4: whenever fans are pulling this up but what boundary of it is it's just uh yeah when you get Newcastle fans sort of digging through their old history of third kits and away kits looking for anything with like a 10 years bit of green on it and saying look we've had a bit of green before it's, it's fine it's, it's different." Definitely... yeah Yeah, can't see the wood for the cheese. Yeah,
3: point number three our favourite wannabe manager, Dwight York, has been appointed finally um, as a manager of, uh, he's going down under to Australian club uh, MacArthur FC, who who are based in Sydney. He uh, completed his uh, UEFA B coaching licence back in uh, 2010 and has uh, since. Earned the A license and Pro license, but has never been able to uh, find an opportunity in management. I think it's because he's always been aiming high, hasn't he? Every time Villa's yeah. uh, managerial role vacant, he's going for that. He's, he's shouting about Manchester United. It's like you've got to win your Spurs, son. He, he hasn't really coached anywhere, has no, he?
0: No, and I think he never made the proactive move straight after playing, did he? He kind of went into the punditry thing, which is fine, but it wasn't like he was, you know, rummaging away in the background with, you know, uh, you know, academy level stuff like you get a lot. Guys, Gerard did it, for example, and Emiliano. Yeah, exactly, yeah, It's a pretty well trodden path. Think Guardiola did it with the B team, didn't he? At Barca, yeah. um, because he didn't do that straight away. I think the general football world probably saw it. Well, he's not being that proactive, so maybe he doesn't take it that seriously. It's just a bit of a pipe dream.
3: Yeah. And because of that, he's been considered a bit of a clown yeah. when he, you know, out of the blue, he's sitting there doing a pundit role and saying, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I'm putting my head, f- head forward for the, uh, the villa job or whatever. And you're like, well, that's not going to happen. And it's, you know, then, then he, uh, I think he's mentioned the race card, uh, before. And it's like, well, no, nah, that isn't, it's not the case at all. It's like, I'm looking at your CV and you don't have uh, one. you don't have one. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens there. But he's saying uh, he's going to deliver success in the style of football that defined him as a player. Oh, good luck to him. But, uh, yeah, all the best. But uh, you're going to have to get the team's respect. And there's also already a bit of a backlash because some fans think that the, there should be domestic managers uh, for MacArthur. There's plenty of decent ones, apparently. I don't know if that's no true. No idea. It works in one respect because it gets eyeballs on the club. So... Uh, that helps in, uh, from that point of view. Right, after the impressive 40th anniversary of the European Cup win at Villa Park and the Lap of Honours, etc., we were then uh, served up a... Uh in patches it was it was good it was entertaining but ultimately uh i mean the context is if we had any any chance of finishing top half this season we had to win these two home games that presented themselves within a week of each other palace and burnley and uh, unfortunately palace was the real key one because that was a team uh, one place above us so uh, beating them would have uh, Pole vaulted us over them. It had its moments, the game, but the first, I don't know, half hour wasn't much uh, to write home about, was it? No,
0: to be honest. No, I think I was pretty impressed. We said at half time, I thought they were very well organised, really well set up. I think the, their system completely negated ours. They completely got on top of our midfield. And um... Just
3: backtracking, uh, in terms of our lineup, I would, I would throw it out there that in Gerard's mind, this is our strongest 11 in his mind.
4: Yeah. Yes,
3: and that was what was worrying uh, in the backdrop of this game was our strongest team should be, and Palace are much improved. I mean, uh, I, I was impressed by uh, they had another level of aggression which they they never normally had. Normally, it was always kind of Zahar on his on his own, but taking on Mings or whatever. But this time, he's taken on the whole the whole team and the crowd at the same time. Yeah but the whole team was, Gerard talked about profile and they are a bigger team. They were visibly yeah. bigger than Villa. Spurs we were when we played them. And these two teams aren't necessarily renowned for being, uh, you know, bully boy teams or no. whatever phrase you want to use. So this is a bit of a concern going forward. And, you know, we, we keep saying it, we keep saying it, we need bigger profile players in terms of size, physicality, because that midfield cannot play Coutinho and Buendia together or even, you know, either or without giving them a bit of a foundation to really uh, rock on.
4: Yeah, what I noticed about the, the Palace formation, they also play with very high wing-backs, full-backs attacking, and that was it was just like, that must be the thing. But the, the difference with Palace is they try and get all their best players on the pitch. At what one time, when I mean, you have Eze on there, you had Zaha, It's just they just seem to interchange and get fluid. I was thinking about that, actually, in the game,
3: uh, the, that word fluid, exactly that. There's something... Villa always take a touch. When they're passing it around the back, they're always taking a touch, and it's kind of methodical. Uh, when Palace were in our, let's say, uh, when once they broke over the halfway line, just before they got to our 18 there was a lot more fluidity. They were buzzing around, all making runs off each other, taking one touches here and there just to keep the speed going at certain points. And there was a lot more fluidity, and I think that is something that needs to come into Villa's play big time. They need to get on the same frequency, and they need to... Just speed it up, step yeah. it up. But they did that against Liverpool. I thought there was passages against Especially Liverpool the because half. there wasn't because there was no way we were going to break through Liverpool without playing fast and smart and you know getting on each other's frequency. And there were at times even playing out the back uh, with a bit more, uh, there's a bit more seat of your pants one touch.
0: But in this game, they just regressed a bit. You couldn't get through the press yeah. at all. And I think we we looked very narrow against a wide team. So we were, they were kind of allowed them onto us with you know, their two wing backs. I thought Klein had a really good game actually for them. Yeah. And they used a the target man and played off him really, really well. The ball wasn't sticking with Watkins or Rings when we played forward. There was a lot of aimless balls into the channels. And I just think our game plan was wrong. I think, I think it was a, maybe the game was won or lost sort of in the dugout um, in this one where I think, I think Vieira knew. He had the measure of Gerard and his team and the tactics and the their plan worked really well because for ninety minutes Villa struggled to play through and bar the last maybe ten minutes when they maybe tired a little bit and we had obviously Ramsey Buendir on the field. I I just I didn't think we could get up ahead of steam. We couldn't have we lacked again the the, the control word that we've used all season. It's the same yeah. themes week in, week out. I am really looking forward to the end of this season, to be honest, just to not have to talk about it. But I don't we didn't learn anything new from this game. We'd said a couple of pods back, David, didn't we? That in these last few games, if you're going for top ten fair enough, go for it. But otherwise it's like you might as well experiment, try things out. If you want to try a new system, different people in, in positions, etc., learn something going into the new season, treat it a bit like a pre season. I don't think we've seen really much of either of those things. Bar the fact that he's probably now realizes that when you play in a camber, you've got a more solid pivot at the bottom of your midfield and Louise is better further forward. But you yeah. saw when Ramsey was on and Buendir was on, they just give you legs, they get you up the field, they're more snappy in possession, they're more dynamic.
2: And
1: there it-
5: Specialist to find out if it's right for you,
1: picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
3: Namek. I mean, you could argue uh, earlier doors, if Ings had put uh, away one of his chances, it might have changed the complexion a little Possibly. bit. But the, f- the fact when he didn't, I mean, it got to half-time and uh, it didn't look... I mean, the team most likely were Palace yeah, at, at that, point, that stage. Yeah.
0: I mean, even when our goal came, they, I mean, it was, it was very much, I would have said, against the run of play. When I think it was with 70 minutes when we scored. We hadn't had a shot at, on target at that point. Butland hadn't had a yeah. save to make. And props actually to Luca Dino, I think in the last two games, he's done really well, he's putting some great balls into the box. You're starting to see the player he can be for us as a much more progressive fullback to, to what Matt Target was. Yeah, um, he's yeah. probably the, the, one of the, the,
4: the bright lights that's come from the last few weeks. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you're talking about those players that Palace have up front. If you look, it's what was said again, it comes from a solid base. Because if you're looking at the rest of their midfield, you've Kuyate and you've Miladjojevic, yeah. yeah, the two of them in the middle, and not fashionable, but it's what Villa need those two sort of workhorse midfielders that, are, you know, they're not going to let a player pass them easy. They know where to stand and everything else. And that lets Gallagher, Matera, Zaha, and Eze just, like you've said, just run riot in front of them. Yeah. And they've
0: got pace, they've got dynamism, you know, they've got strength, they've got pace. Villa just lack that dynamism to bully Palace. We would If we were going to win that game, I think we were going to have to play some really, really great snappy passing football when we didn't try and do that. And they flooded the midfield. And we were yeah. trying to play with the eye of the needle again.
3: There was nothing really, uh, as i said, fluid about it. Uh, I thought Coutinho uh, looked like it wasn't going to happen for him. Uh, you could tell after like 15, 20 minutes.
0: He was trying a lot, but it just wasn't, wasn't quite there, was it? The team just wasn't quite on his wavelength. And he was coming deeper and deeper. There's, you know, there's, the longer the first half especially went on, picking the ball up in between the two
4: centre-backs, you're kind of like, Come on, mate. Yeah, Nakamba was a bit wayward with his pass, and there's a lost count of number of times that he, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I
3: think, yeah, I was just about to say Nakamba did, it was two loose passes, and that's when he got hooked straight after that. Yeah. That which happened to Louise actually, at two like real obvious misplaced passes, and Gerard hooked him. Uh, this is going back a few games, so two two misplaced passes, and you're off. Uh, I think it <laughs> seems to be Ger- Gerard's rule. Conza uh, went off. Uh, that was when I was running. I saw him down, then I ran off to get a pie, so I didn't see him. Uh, how he went off? Was it? Did he go straight down the tunnel? Does it? Yeah, does it
0: sort of, he sort lim- yeah, of looks- Gerard had said afterwards they'll scan him, but they they don't think he'll play again this season. You just hope it's not a bad sort of knee ligament jobby. Yeah.
5: Just like an I mean, He's had, he's had a though. difficult
0: season enough as it is without ending it in this manner. Yeah. yeah
4: the, the Palace player was just, you know, Palace player just fell on his leg. There was no tackle, nothing like that. It's just one of those. Sometimes, one sometimes those ones, ones. are when
0: they're nasty, though, aren't they? They're sort yeah. of innocuous ones.
3: Yeah. I mean, just going back to Coutinho, I think uh, the pre season will help uh, big time uh, in terms of him because obviously it's been a bit of a. Uh, upheaval to uh, move from where he was barcelona in january and then that if that was a move he really ideally wanted to make he would have ideally wanted to make it in a summer where he uh, has a lot more time to adjust do the move and obviously uh, bed in so uh, hopefully he will be a, a different proposition uh, next season and uh, we'll have uh, players that maybe complement him uh, a little bit better i mean i would say the same this thing that's like well it hasn't helped Buendia, is he? he hasn't really had a run of games has he like a proper he's been
0: outside hasn't he throughout especially this yeah. side of Christmas
3: and I think he's somebody because he's such a, a player the way he plays he's got to and it goes for the rest of the team they need to get on this frequency to allow him to play uh, as good as he can can be
0: I'd expect him to come in for the Burnley game to be honest
3: yeah as he did uh, in the last yeah. uh, game and i against think them. and I'd
0: expect ramsey to probably come in as well I'd expect maybe three or four changes for that game I think he will try and rotate just because you know that you know the city final game comes two days later so you can almost have to treat it like you would the Christmas games where you will have to like make three days yeah you will have to sort of Shuffle the pack, and we're in, really we are in a position to as well.
3: Yeah, exactly that, and plus you know there's there's almost no uh, well maybe Gerard with his Liverpool bias. There's actually no need to play a stronger team against any of those two no, really, I is there? Really. It's like it doesn't really matter. You could put them in a randomator yeah. in terms of picking the team. I, mean, I think team just from a morale, you want out. to um,
0: you want to sign off with a win at home. Um, yeah, there is, and there's, there's also the yeah. expectation that really on paper you should be beating Burnley. I don't think you want to yeah. end the season with like. Lose, you know, not getting a win in your last sort of three games, and I mean, their home record has been horrendous all season, so
3: yeah, I'm sure uh, every Leeds United fan out there will agree with you, uh, there in terms of the expectations of what Villa should yeah. be doing against, Stone, and Everton, Burnley. of course, as well. Uh, I think Leeds need us more, probably. Uh, Ever- it's still in Everton, Everton, have got hands, the extra game really. as well, haven't they? Good goal by Watkins, uh, yeah, that's what you need to be seeing our strikers do, scoring goals out of nothing, mm-hmm. really against the runner I mean this one if,
0: if that had been the winning goal you would have said that was a good bit of progress that actually Villa can put in a pretty patchy performance against a capable team and get a result it would have been a good sort of yeah, tick yeah. to win in that manner but alas we've you now conceded our usual shoddy defensive second phase goal
4: Mm. Well, that was, I mean, if you're talking about Dean again, that was his third assist in three games. There was one he set one mm-hmm. up against Burnley, then the cross for Douglas Luiz against Liverpool, and then yeah. this cross again.
0: His delivery's great in wide areas.
4: I knew I should have put
3: him in my fantasy football <laughs> team instead of cash. But I was looking at this game thinking, well, Vieira's uh, obviously he's going to be better next season, surely.
0: Well, they'll back him, wouldn't they? You would think in the summer after the job is done.
3: And so, while I was thinking on the basis of what I saw in that 90 minutes, who was going to finish higher next season, I would have gone with Palace because they just seem to be further along in terms of having a team that seems to be, uh, you know, clicking into gear and and seems a better work in progress. Yeah. So, that was a little concern because the mantra is to be the best of the rest before we think about the top six. And, uh, Okay, uh, you know, you're looking at, uh, well, the best of the rest now is like, you know, you, you're even looking at West Ham Wolves. Uh, I mean, Manchester United are slipping from their top six perch if they're not careful. But there is there is another level of, like, I think Brighton and Palace have kind of got their acts together and they're solid mid-table teams now. And we've got to be able to beat those Teams
4: comfortably. If, if we have delusions of, uh, you know, going higher, I don't know if uh, the problems beating those teams. It's beating the other teams and being consistent because we've beat Brighton twice, done the double over yeah. there, We beat Palace in the first game. Palace is always a strange one because I think you said before, David, it was like they're like a retirement home for superstars sometimes. Yeah. So they get the the young and up and comers just because they're you know where they are in London and they've you know good. they always had a good academy and brought players through. But they do get the like you said, the retiring players that just fancy to play with some of these ones. So they always end up with a decent squad and Vieira looks like yeah. the one that's put them in the right order Speaking of which uh, good reception for
3: Christian Benteke uh, when Very he much came
0: so yeah. yeah Fair play to
3: him yeah. uh, Fair play to uh, the
4: Holt and uh, everybody else who joined in with that Right stat of the game Well we know Villa need to improve at home but um, partly because of the Liverpool game the defeat there Aston Villa have lost more home games than any other side in Premier League history at 160 and that's in their whole Premier League history not just Obviously, not just this season. Even though it feels Fortress like just it.
0: Villa Park, it is not.
4: I mean, in something for the weekend, we talked about uh,
3: essentially Villa's season. You can just boil it down to the the home form has just cost us severely, and it's set the tone for the whole season. Mm-hmm. It is a it is a shocker, and uh, that needs addressing uh, right away.
0: Agreed. I mean, ultimately, you're going to have that because Villa have obviously been been had. Other than obviously the three years in the Championship, we've had quite a long run in the Premier League, but our our form has generally tended to fluctuate through those years. We have had good periods, bad periods. But even under O'Neill, we weren't brilliant at home. No, no, no we were no. great. We were right away from built for on the counter attack. Yeah, and obviously through and the, you know, the declining years of Lambert, McLeish, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, um, we were pretty horrendous at home then. And as you compare to sort of what we were doing last year when we beat you know Chelsea on the last day, Arsenal, Liverpool with no fans, um, and, and some would, maybe mm, it's the fans. Yeah. You've hit the nail on the head there. It's the fans' fault. It's all. It's
3: all our. It's all on our oh, I've backs. Always,
0: Villas, when you get the atmosphere like the, the the before the Palace game, you kind of go, "This is what." And I tweet this: "This is what the whole ten. This is what Villa Park can be." The Everton game when we first came up, that's what it can be. It's brilliant, but it isn't often enough. And I, I don't think Villa yeah. Park's cauldron.
3: Liverpool game was all right it was because the referee, kind of the referee up, was
0: keeping, yeah, keeping the fans I think in the game. We started well, and I think the fans appreciated that the team were in the game. I think the Palace game was flat, and it's a bit of a chicken and egg thing. Sometimes do the do the fans get behind the players, or so the players all? Lift, the, lift their game or do the players have to kind of give the fans something to cheer about and then the fans will get behind them it's, it's always a strange dynamic there
4: well, Zaha did his best to get the ground the rocking yeah. he How did about,
0: he's a, a shithouse he, oh, no, I didn't he think he had a particularly good game actually he was, he was kind no. of
3: not at his best at all but I mean, Phil appreciates Zahar's role yeah. as uh, yeah. a fellow a fellow uh, pantomime, pantomime character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I the I
4: pantomime was... cow has a lot of appreciation for the pantomime villain. Yeah, I was thinking it was a double edged sword. I mean, winding Zaha up and keeping kicking him, was just waiting for him to wrap running into the top hand yeah. corner. Oh, because... that's ex-
3: exactly what I said yeah. to uh, the person sitting next to me. I said, "He's going to score now, isn't he?" And and the guy said, "Without doubt." <laughs> But he didn't. But unfortunately, uh, they did get that equaliser, yeah. and uh, it's down, down to hate ag- hate again, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I, I had I suddenly I had a flashback to Wolves. All of a sudden, I thought, yeah, there's a chance we could lose this game. So I suppose, as Gerard said, if you don't win it, you know, get something from it. And we have been very guilty of not uh, killing games. At least walking away with a
0: point. We actually had the chances, though, didn't we? After they equalised, it was yeah, the Mink's yeah, header, yeah. which I think, if that's if it isn't blocked by their lads, that's a goal. No fair play to Villa at the end to actually have yeah, given a it a great. real go, which you don't normally see. I mean, We'd you used be to. Trap, rel- haven't we in, extra t- in stoppage time this season? We've been awful. Half the time, we haven't even been able to get the ball.
3: I always thought it was maybe it was just like you have a warping of memory over over the years, but I always remember like the last five minutes if you're not winning and you're like you're the home team you're really giving it again as a few corners as a bombardment we, we went through a period where we never really saw real intensity and mm-hmm. in, you know in the, the final furlong of games but I thought
4: the uh, the Palace game was alright because they did you know they did have a proper go at it yeah. and they were short changed in the injury time as well because there's there's no way it was only five minutes oh, I thought May. that Con- I thought that's going to be Conda six, was yeah. down for five on his own yeah,
3: yeah a, and also when you're going for the old kitchen sink that's when you you're hoping to have a bit more of a presence and you know and maybe a few taller players just so you can pump it into the box a bit more because i thought palace were dealing with that reasonably okay it was just the second ball that kind of freaked them out mm. a bit all right any burning questions of the week uh i mean there's nothing uh burning for in terms of villa that we haven't spoken about or we won't speak a bit more uh, detail uh, in pre-season but i suppose can can villa help Leeds? should villa help Leeds?
0: I mean, I, I want to win the game, so in theory, yes, it's. I have no problem with it. I, you know, we're not.
3: You know, we're not. We haven't signed a contract to help Leeds here, but uh, the fact that uh, they got that late, late equaliser against Brighton, uh, I think that's that's transformed their chances. Because without that, I think they were doomed. Well, because their
0: goal difference was so shit. What it's probably done is it's negated some of the goal difference point that they would have been down. On, I I, st- I still think you know. Obviously, Everton have got a couple of games. Burnley have got a couple of games. I think Burnley. You look at their games and go, I could see them beating Newcastle on the last day at Turf Moor. I could see Everton getting another win. So you're looking at Leeds going. Well, have they got another win in them? Debatable.
3: But Burnley, uh, Burnley, I uh, was very good. They gave Tottenham they a good game but- against Villa. Yeah. So I think you know you can see Newcastle uh if you know spoiling the party there I don't know but uh, but yeah I think if we beat uh, Burnley it does set up the last day uh, in that respect uh, quite nicely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then if Liverpool beat Southampton then obviously we have a role to play there I don't know how serious I would be getting into that. Uh but you know when you when you throw it out if you want to give Liverpool fans a crumb of comfort I just remember that when we played uh, City at theirs in the League Cup in our fucking luminous yeah, green yeah, and the line shirt Greek and winning an extra time and I and I was like so apathetic towards that. I mean, I didn't go to Manchester for the game. I just went. I went to the cinema while the game was on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought I can't be even be asked to watch. Just didn't want to watch Charles
3: and Zombie. And, and I came out and I was degree. like, I think I came out and it was in extra time and we were leading. And I was like, what the? And we and we beat them. It, we somehow at the score, it didn't
0: win the cup that year. 4-2, wasn't it? The, for the course of Gareth Barry own goal.
1: Yeah.
3: So there is, you know, there is. we have pulled out some strange results against Manchester City. I remember, you know, Darren Bent made his debut yep. and scored 1-0. Remy Gard, you know, we're talking about a team that got relegated somehow in his first game, managed to get a 0-0 draw at Villa Park against City. And then the, the worst one of all. Well, when I say worse, it was actually the best of all for Villa. But I actually put money on Manchester City to win because the odds were so good at Villa Park. They were like, I mean, they weren't massive, but you know, they they weren't as tight as you're expecting. And uh, I think they went one nil up. It was the the Weimann one, yeah yeah. yeah, 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 the three two. Like, it's like, how the fuck did we win that game with that shitty team? <laughs> so we've had these results against them. It's not a team uh, we either get we can get battered by them, That's but sometimes. To or we can pull out, like, really weird results. So I would look at that game and think, well, it's not a four-long conclusion, but if City... If City are at it, they'll... If they want to be deservedly league champions, they should be taking care of business, Yeah, right? yeah. be funny if they didn't. Yeah, but I think Liverpool... Uh, might help them to get a head of steam and you know get an early goal in their last game and uh, put a bit of pressure on City. And then that Coutinho thirty-yard sucker punch can <laughs> can happen. Right, that's enough for that burning question. It wasn't really a burning question. It was just uh, celebration of how Villa are relevant still in this <laughs> <Somehow>. season. <laughs> All right, thank you very much to uh, the Mayo said patrons for supporting the show, and we are looking forward to, actually, the uh, the Match Club on the last day. Uh, So I hope you can all join us uh, in there. Thank you very much to... Catherine grieve for signing up as a Myoman patron on an annual membership as well. If you sign up as an annual member, you get two free months which is 15% off. Also a big thank you to Andrew Westwood and also Paul Lucas for signing up as well as man said patrons. And if you are interested to uh, do so as well, go to said.com click on the patron link and get more details there. Thank you very much. Uh, also follow the show on Twitter. At Myoman Said. That is the uh, official uh, Twitter account, which is different from uh, the main uh, Myoman Said one. So it'd be good actually if you followed the Myoman Said at Myoman Said because I'd rather uh, push the Myoman Said uh, Twitter account activity all on that because obviously it's the proper uh, address and matches up with all the other ones. Also, you can follow Myoman Said on TikTok and Instagram as well. Right. Any final words before we uh, decide how much money we can get off Leeds or uh, <laughs> Liverpool to do them a favour at the end of uh, next week?
0: Just finish the season on a high, if possible. What would that be
3: for you, Chris Bud?
0: At least win one of the games. Probably it's more likely to be Burnley. but it, I mean, it would be funny to beat City, but at least <laughs> win the Burnley game.
3: What about you, Phil Shaw? What, is,
4: what would make you happy finishing on a high? Just competent. Four points, I'll take out will be fun 3 against Burnley well
3: I'll I'll go for 3-0 against Burnley Masterclass and uh, 2-0 win against City and then like a big banner dropping uh, off
0: we'll get the uh, European Cup out again
3: (laughs) yeah bring that bring that along to the Etihad that uh, European Cup on the strings TIFO just to remind City what they've failed to win this season and what we've already won but uh, I would like to, uh, you've got to win the, the last home game because our home form's been so atrocious that we need to, to actually uh, take a step in the right direction uh, for next season. Right, until Burnley secure their safety at Villa Park. <laughs> 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 it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>